Hello? Yeah. <laughs> we wow, did it. I know. We, we can did it. This is our eighth uh, episode. <laughs> and we finally learned how to plug in. Uh, we spent like, normally spent like 45 minutes to an hour just trying to get the uh, audio set up correctly. But we did it right the first time. I don't know if this means we professional podcasters or what, but we just <laughs> jump right on in. Let's see. Divorce is not an option podcast. Relationship coach extraordinaire Stephen James Dixon. Mm. Co-host Tamara Gillespie. Hey, y'all. You're not going to do smooth sounds? I was, no, was going to let uh-uh. you hear that. I've decided now that you don't want it no more, I don't either. Oh, that's raggedy. <laughs> that's real raggedy. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna commandeer my line back. Uh, uh, what? Why we? Why we recording so late today? Why, we way behind schedule, like an hour and a half behind. <laughs> I had to make my man some food. Oh, that's right. You, you, you got the the whole engagement thing. We need to yes, talk about that. I was getting married. Congratulations, Thank everybody! You. All, all, all the fellow uh, single women that's out there listening to the podcast, you yes, know, celebrating. Home. There's still hope. Jump for joy. Uh, uh, turned 40 and got the ring. What was it, back-to-back? Yes, he proposed the day before my birthday. Wow. Yes, that he is did it hope. big. He did it big. I, I, hey, I don't know. You won't tell it or, or what you well, want to do? Yeah, it's I mean, going to be haters. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> it's going to be haters. Right? That's all right. <laughs> Like, okay, do it. They're going to hate on you. What is for you is for you. It's coming. They're going to hate on you like Sierra last week we was talking about. <laughs> I don't even understand that, but whatever. Go, go, go like, shine no. your dude. Go shine on your dude. He rented out an art gallery. Um, he got my best friend to help him out and, um, you know, like do all of the planning, get all my family and friends there and his family and friends and um, he just basically surprised me. What really got me was he did a painting. Like, he knows I'm really into art. Um, and so he took me on a date for my birthday, and I'm thinking we're going to an art gallery. And he actually, like, painted something for me. Um, and so I was, like, trying to soak that in, and then he takes me but, around the but corner. But is it in the living room? Is it, is oh, it he hung room? it up the other day. Oh, okay. You we don't really know if you like it or not. You know what I'm it's, saying? I, I love it. I love okay. it because he did it. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So, and he you don't know if you're going to sell it yet? It. You, don't, you don't know? I don't know if everybody can appreciate the art, but I do. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I ain't mad so, at that. I ain't mad anyway, at that. that's, that's what matters. Like, hey, hey, that sounds amazing. I love it, man. I love hearing um, engagements. Um uh, proposals. I think that's very, very crucial. I mean, that says a lot about him um, that he took the time to really plan out that event. I think it's important. I think it's one of those. It's very few rememberable moments in your life. Like, let's say maybe it's ten of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, really, really rememberable moments, and that will be counted as one of them. Yes, I will never ever forget that. And I remember. Uh, okay, you finish yours, and I'll tell how we got engaged. Oh well, so basically, he um he took me around a wall after he had shown me the painting that he did, and he had my eyes covered, and I was completely clueless. And I hear somebody singing a ribbon in the sky, and then he removes his hands, and um, so of course I looked straight to the voice. He had a woman from church, um, a soloist from church, come in and sing. And um, and I see everybody, my parents, my brothers, my best friends, his aunt, my aunt, like, you know, just everybody. 
And um, like I'm taking it one face at a time. And while I'm kind of digesting, like, why are all these people here? Um, he gets down on one knee and proposes. He already got the clearance from mom and dad in advance, yes. right? I had no clue. He went in, he went over to my parents' house and, and uh-huh. talked to them. And um, yeah, so I was like, wow. Oh, okay, tell us what was going wrong in advance of the like what did they have to stall on and cover up <laughs> it's now always that was something. funny yes um so it was a couple of things one he was trying to finish the painting um so he was behind schedule uh, no, no let me rephrase that he was trying to get the painting to the art gallery um mm-hmm. so he was behind schedule on that and apparently the caterer that he had hired um to pro- provide hors d'oeuvres for the event um, was running behind so he was trying to um, stall me and I had no clue I'm thinking we're gonna go to you know whatever the art gallery and then we're gonna eat and I'm hungry and um he took me to Fuel City Tacos you're gonna you, a taco you, you're not a taco girl you why why can't he get okay. why can't he get a taco in okay I love Fuel City Tacos at three o'clock in the morning after you leave the club but okay, when I'm dressed you you was killing it what, what, yes. what was it what was the heels looking yes. like? What was the heels oh my goodness! Like? It was everything. It was it was all out. And my best friend, of course, knew all about everything. So she'd come over to my house and was you know making sure I had the right outfit on. And I'm thinking I'm just going out, but she's like, "No, girl, wear that." I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's cute." I don't realize that it's something special. Um, so mm. yes, I had a bad you know fitted blue dress on, you know five inch heels. Oh, oh, no, wait, nine. wait. So, so did you complain when he took you to Fuel City Tacos? Yes. <laughs> I dressed for Fuel City, but okay. Did he did he keep it cool? How did he, he have was, He was. He was like, no, no, no. So um, I wanted to take you um, somewhere first. So before we go eat, and this is just to hold you till then. I'm just going to get you a little chicken taco and to, to hold you. And I'm like, okay, well, I am hungry. So, okay. So, but he didn't, he didn't get rattled because you was upset about, I, I think I like him. Yeah. <laughs> I think I like him. That's that's all good traits, good skills, good yes, character. Good he is morals. definitely very patient with my crazy. Yes, I yes. like that. Yes. Okay, what else we got? Is that it on you? I'm gonna tell mine. Oh uh, yeah, go right, go right ahead. And, and I like, I like I, again. I just like, I love stories like that because I think it's important. And I and I was the same way. Like I wanted to do something really big, something really memorable. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, my wife was an actor. And um, she was trying to get a SAG card and all that. And mm-hmm. she was doing plays and trying out for movie scripts and TV series. It was when Dallas was doing a lot of TV for Fox and all that kind of stuff. Like yep, Prison Break, all that stuff. Yep. And so um, I used to actually get copies of the emails from her agent when her agent was sent out, you know, auditions. And she wanted me to get copies of them, too, in case she would miss something. Like, so if I saw it first, I make sure I call her and she actually see the email. Aww. And so I set it up with her agent to make it an audition. And so I wrote this script about a woman that gets proposed to by a man. Aww. And so we rented out a location uh, to do the audition and the tape, um, hired a camera crew, had her agent send the email. I missed the email, of course. She saw the email, gets all dressed to go to the occasion, had two other brothers there who read for the part of the man who asked the woman to marry them. So the first brother read, you know, through the script and all that, and it was cool. Then the next brother reads through the script, and it's all cool. Then I walk in, and she looking at me like, <laughs> "Why you here? <laughs> why you here? Why you playing? On, why you playing on my job? Right. You know what I'm saying? That's how she doing. Like, why you playing on my job? What are you doing? Get out of here! I'm trying to be a thespian right now." 
<laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yo, I'm trying to, and I, and I got to be cool too. Like your dude was, I, I, I got to be cool too. Like, and like, I'm serious. No, I'm about to get my acting thing on too. You know what I mean? I'm about to shine too. I'm about to be Denzel, right? <laughs> and so I, as I'm reading the part with her and she's reading the part, Right when we got to the part where I said, will you marry me? And got down. Right right before it really was known that it was real, mm-hmm. she started crying. Oh, and, yeah, I and, cried too. Like almost in anticipation of, is this real? Like, or yep. this could be real? Yep. And then and then the way I had written the script was I had now written things about us that she now figured out. Aww. Like. Like, when I took it a surprise trip to Hawaii and stuff like that, you know, now it all made sense. Before, it was like a neat coincidence, you know what I'm yes. saying, which was reading it with other people. But then when I was doing it, it was like, oh, the other guys, and oh, could this be all that? Boom, I bust out with the bling bling. Of okay. course, she says, yes, it was all amazing. And then after that, we had after set, got a nice little spot downtown. Uh, I think it was at the Fairmount or something. We got a suite at the Fairmount. It was nasty. Had all our friends and family up in there. And so yes, we got a we both romantic. Yes, we both have amazing proposal stories. I'm gonna give my man a high five and some dab. And when we get that audio, <laughs> when we get that audio file, when we go get the audio for the clapping yes, audio exactly. file, exactly. <laughs> we gotta, get real good. Yeah, we we Okay, now wait, serious, serious talk now. Mm-hmm. Talk to the people that's not gonna get invited to the wedding. Go on, go. <laughs> Why are you do tripping <laughs> For real, for real. So, you know, I'm a little bit fancy. Right, right. So, I'm going, I'm thinking I'm going to go to the W. We're going to have our reception at the W. Yeah, my, my 40, village. 40,000, 50,000. Oh, my gosh. Like, it was like $82 a plate was the cheapest dinner. And then you start thinking about, okay, I don't like them $82 what? enough. I don't like them $82 enough. I don't like neither one of them for even $40, so I can't do that. And that's not the only like that whole side of my cousins right yes. there. And so I have a huge family. And then to top it off, my daddy is a pastor. So my mama... She did not announce it at but Please, my- please say she didn't announce it at the church. She asked me if she could do that. <laughs> She, she really did. Talking about, well, they can just, they can, you know, they seen you grow up, so they can just witness the wedding. They don't have to come to the reception. I'm like, who does that? No, you can come no. to the wedding, but you can't come to the reception. No, we can't even talk about it at the church. No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we just going to announce it to 5,000 people and tell them they can't go to the reception. And they all know you. They all coming up. You gotta, you yes. have to be escorted out of the building before church service was over. <laughs> you have to dip out through no. the back. It's, it's no, we can't do all that because I already got a big family, and I'm just like, okay, just having my family and a few friends is 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 already 200 people. So, and so you got it down. To, we shouldn't. Dang, I didn't want you to really say the number because now I might have to go back and edit that out because now people are like I couldn't get in that number. No, 150 people are actually blood related to me. <laughs> so, uh, so no, you, you, you can tell friends, hey friends, y'all might not make the cut. Yes, 150 people literally are blood related to me, and the other 50 is his family. So, yes. So you you trying to tell me that podcast extraordinaire? Yeah, you person, might not make the cut, dude. <laughs> it it just got real in here. Um, unless you got eighty two dollars. No, but wait. So then my cousin is telling me. So I'm like really, 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 really trying to let go of my dreams of the W. 
Um, but it's right next to the American Airlines Center, and there is a Dallas Stars game that night. And so I'm like, okay, I'm scared that traffic will be so bad I wouldn't make it to my own reception. And my cousin tells me this story about this couple somewhere like New York or L.A. or somewhere who literally ended up stuck in traffic and doing their first dance on the freeway because they couldn't make it to their reception. Did they get a movie out of it? <laughs> it just happened last week. I don't know. I'm not feeling it if they ain't getting no movie out of it. Well, I mean, we we got to see it. It may be, you know, coming soon. But as of, as of last week, they ended up having their first dance. And the only reason they got out is because somebody that was in the wedding party was going the opposite direction of traffic and saw this, stopped, picked them up. And they like they had to basically walk across the barrier and go to the other side of the freeway and were able to get to um, their reception two hours late. Wow. Yeah, so I'm and not going to be able to do the W. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good reason not to do the W. Yeah. Since, since the Dallas Stars game is there. You know, otherwise you would just ball out, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah no. That's a whole nother <laughs> thing. Learning how to do finances with my man because he saw the budget was like, this is what you think a wedding going to cost? I'll, the one time I knew I was in trouble was when we was negotiating over the, the wedding. And um, I told my wife, I said, honey, you're not being fair. Like, she was not, like, ignored the budget. Like, totally. Like, she, she was yeah. like, okay. She was like, this is how much I have to spend for my dream wedding. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. Here go the budget over here. Like, why don't you have the budget as a part of your documentation that you that have? Right, they, they, like she got a uh, 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 you know a receipt or whatever from the the photographer, the videographer, the people that's dancing, mm-hmm. the people that's singing, the reception, the caterer, the tuxedos, the dresses, the insure, all that. But she could have just added in the the sheet of with the budget on it. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. That was over on the other pile, like the throwaway pile. That's and I said, honey, I said, honey, you're not being fair. And she looked me right in my eye and she said to me, I don't have to be fair. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I was at a loss for words I wasn't prepared for that Like I thought yeah. I thought we was a team And I thought we was going to work through things together And she let it be known then and there That we was not a team on this occasion <laughs> that, that was her thing That was her th- I was Yeah that's, that's what we're we working on right now What else going on with you? Um Oh I was trying to tell you So I go out to happy hour with my friends today, um, and I'm just just amazed. Like, I had just gone to work out, so I didn't have my ring on, and I didn't really think anything of it. But um, this guy walks up, and he's like, hey, beautiful, you know, do you mind if I sit here? We're at the bar. And I'm like, you know, go on, empty seat, whatever. And he made a couple other little flirtatious comments, and um, I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm not really, you know, paying attention. I'm, I'm hanging with my friends. Um, but then at some point I realized this dude has a wedding ring on. And then this woman walks in and he's sitting with this, I'm assuming his wife, cause she had a ring on too, but you know, and you never know what his, the way he was acting. But anyway, so as we walk out, my girlfriend tells me he is looking at Joe behind the whole way out. Like he not with another woman. And I'm like, is this how we do it? I wonder, do you think, oh, you you weren't paying attention, so you don't know, but you don't know if the woman allowed it to happen or whatever. I mean, obviously, this, you know, I I just didn't get the impression that, that, I I don't know, I don't know anything about them, but, um, you know, just from the way he was talking, he was comfortable. 
Yeah, um, that's disappointing. Um, Sadly. That he was married and he did that. Um, we got to bring, this was probably not a good day to bring on that story, Tamara, because we was having such a good vibe going. You know, but that's, I mean, that's what I'm just like, I'm thankful that I don't, you know, my man is not like that, but, um, you know, I'm like, you never know. This is 10, 15 years in a marriage, or it could be, and, you know, maybe he was, you know, all into her 10, 15 years ago. When you, when you say my man is not like that, like I am very much like that, but let me say that my wife don't play like that, so I don't exhibit that side of me. Okay, <laughs> well you know, maybe he know. No, nah, my wife knows. Like, well, well, let me say I know That's that if my saying. wife, yeah, said if my wife overheard me complimenting, my wife don't want me complimenting other women. Like, I can't even. You know, like, oh, she look good. No, my wife don't do that. My, my wife don't do that. We sitting on the couch and I compliment somebody on TV. Mm-hmm. She don't she she get down. Well, we that. never even had to have that conversation. I've never, he's never said or done anything to make me feel in any way disrespected whatsoever. So I just was like amazed that this, this is how you do marriage. Like, really? You know what? As a matter of fact, I got checked last night. We went to see a movie and, and I, and I said to my wife after the movie, I said that, you know what? I always been wondering why this particular actress gets a lot of shows because she like regular to me. Mm-hmm. And I said to my wife, I think it's the eyes. And my wife was like, uh, we don't need you doing over analysis of why <laughs> something <laughs> is on a TV. We don't need you figuring. You, we need you to just watch the movie. Don't worry don't about it. That ain't you trying to figure out what features make her be an actress and a star. I was like, you know what? Let me back up off that. You know what? Yeah, you're right. Yes. It was a bad movie, all that. You know, I'm not even. Not I can't right. even. I can't even mention the movie no more. Yep. What are we talking about? And now you know. <laughs> okay, so today we are discussing an article posted on Madame Noir. Um, dot com on November 18, 2016, by and I'm going to mess her name up. I'm sure, but Victoria Umaroji. Um, and it's about the HBO series. Um, insecure the series finale and um the this the article was titled the ridiculous notion of quote-unquote building a man Mm. so um i this article just really struck me i've been watching the series i didn't actually get to see the actual finale but Mm -hmm. i kind of um you know knew what was going on with the series and so i'm reading the article and it just really kind of hit me um, some of the stuff that was going on and spoiler alert, if you ain't seen the series finale, you mean need to stop here and go see it before you, we get into this. We're about to get into it. Right. Um, but one of the things that they're talking about is, um, cheating. Like, so basically the premise of the story is, um, Issa is, um, involved with her boyfriend, Lawrence and Lawrence loses his job somewhere along the lines. They've been together about four years mm-hmm. and I guess about the last year, year and a half, Lawrence been sitting on the couch talking about his dreams. So Issa is getting frustrated. Like, dude, when you get a what, job, what's his dreams? I don't watch the show either. I don't watch much TV, but what's the, what's his dream? So, um, I didn't even really catch that part either. So, I mean, he's been talking about this dream, but he talks to this other woman. So he's been talking about his dream to this woman at the um, bank when he goes and cashes his unemployment check. We're about to get in trouble because neither one of us know Lawrence's dream. And it's going to be <laughs> listeners who are going to be mad that we all know Lawrence's dream. I don't, but I don't even think that, like, okay, so up until the point that I had seen it, like, they hadn't really discussed his dream. It was just about him sitting on the couch. 
But let's just move on. Yes, blasted. I, I could just feel it coming on. <laughs> whatever, whatever. But the point of the the, the life lesson here, mm-hmm. though, is that Lawrence meets this woman at the bank, and he sees her every time he go cash his unemployment check. Uh oh. And she is supportive of whatever dream it is that he has, and he feels like the woman he has is not supportive of his dream. But she done been yeah, with you through the whole time while you sitting on the couch. Yeah, it, it reminds me of times when I've um, had to talk to people who cheated on their spouse, mm-hmm. and I and I have to talk them off the ledge of thinking the grass is greener with exactly. this other person. And what I mean by that is they'll just say things like, oh, man, I just have so much fun with her, you know, and I, and I don't have as much fun with my wife. It's easy to but have I'm fun because like, she don't need her bills paid. She don't need her bills paid or she might want her bills paid, but she ain't just, she hadn't told you yet. Yeah, but, but you are not the one who's supposed to be paying her bills. Right. But you don't have to even discuss bills with her. You don't have exactly. to discuss life insurance. You ain't got to discuss exactly. the, the, the line more or what we eating for dinner. You, she's strictly for fun. And you cannot compare that to your woman that's holding you down and got your back and is making sure and your family is going to work every day while you sit on the couch and going to work every day. No doubt. And so and so we have to be clear when we comparing, you know, what is see what happens is stability, consistency, um, being reliable and accountable, those things are not shiny and amazing, but right. they're what's important in a relationship. Right. And we miss that. We we forget about that and we undervalue and underappreciate those types but of things. That's a huge like that's that's a podcast in and of itself because in reality we are not taught that those are the things that are primarily what you're supposed to be looking for. Right. We're looking so, for the bright and shiny. And right. it's not shiny no more, we're done. My pastor said people are all taught to look for chemistry instead of character, mm. you know. And so we sitting around like, how do we get along? Do sparks fly? Mm-hmm. Do butterflies fly out? You know, do I feel amazing and all? And, 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 and true, some of that should come into place. Right. But if all of that happens while you're drinking and he's already, you know, in another relationship or whatever, it's other circumstances that come with chemistry. Right. You know, right. but character is character every day and is un, unadulterated, you know, unfiltered. Well, so one of the things that struck me in this article was talking about in the course of this relationship with all of this drama going on, she ends up cheating on him. Um, and so she raggedy. Whatever. Oh, okay, that was under my breath. You yeah, that? Okay. yeah, uh huh. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not in any way, shape, or form condoning cheating, but you know, she got a, it was a lot of stuff going on, and the problem here was that in in everyday life, the quote is, "Men rarely forgive women for the indiscretions that they are expected to be forgiven of." So, um, you know, why are you upset? Or let, let me rephrase that. Why is it that you cannot even fathom forgiving somebody for something that you would want to be forgiven of? We can't do it. I don't even have no whole philosophical, theoretical analyzation. <laughs> even if it. you make the same mistake, like you were talking about the couple in the last podcast, dude had like cheated 15 times and yes. she possibly cheated. Not even that she actually had cheated. She was just talking to somebody else. And he she had let an it go. emotional relationship. And he couldn't um, let it go. And he could not let it go. And he basically held on to the to, to saying she did have more than an emotional relationship because that was just what he thought. You know, he just I, I just think she did more. 
and and I'm like, she's saying no, you, and you have no evidence. She got evidence on you. Right. You've admitted and confessed right. to cheating with multiple women, but he still couldn't let it go. And, and it's a flaw in, in men. I mean, um, we take our. And I'm gonna offer an explanation. It's definitely not an excuse, and it's definitely you know um, double standard, right? So yep. with men, we're possessive, right? So so it's it's my woman, it's mine, my woman, right? Mm-hmm. And so. As a man, man. We, true. Um, but when and well, our possession for us is different because we because possession is also about protection, security, safety, stability. You know, prov- provisions. All of that comes into my possession. That means I provide all of these things for you. And so, if I'm doing all of that for you, and you're supposed to be all about me and a sub- submission and traditional values and roles and all that kind of stuff, and you step out, I'm like, I can't deal with it. I, I don't. I don't know how to deal with it. Another excuse I got mm-hmm. right from men. I recognize these to be excuses to all my podcast listeners. You ain't got to crush me on mm-hmm. this one. I know they're all excuses. Another, another excuse is we don't generally deal with that kind of stuff. Well, right? so that goes back to the point of when a woman cheats, there is something seriously wrong. So you need to step back and figure out what pushed my woman into somebody else's arms before we get to that though i want to step back and say to tamra how old were you when you thought that the first person you dated cheated on you oh wow um 15 so go keep going real quick you at 15 you think your boyfriend cheated on you then your high school sweetheart, then your college sweetheart, and then this guy you was dating when you was 25, and then this guy you was dating when you was 27, another one when you was 32. And so you've dealt with it so much. Yeah. And and you got your friends too, right? They cheat on your girl, cheat on your other girl, you know. And so y'all deal with this. Y'all have experience dealing with it. Here go another dude that's cheating. All men are dogs, whatever, blah, 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 blah. I have never, I'm a 42-year-old man, I, I've never, as far as I know, been cheated on in my entire life. That, I don't, I don't, don't I think you laugh too hard. As far as you know, but okay. I think you laugh too hard at that. I didn't like that. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> you, you, you just don't go with what you know. <laughs> as far as I know, and I know that I can't handle it. Like, I, I can't, I can't handle it. Like, I, I'm not built to handle um, and that's an excuse too, because women, no one's really built to handle it. Yeah. But I'm just saying that women have a lot more experience with it, which is sad, right? That's 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 terrible. Yeah, and I mean, nobody should have to handle it, but it's just funny to me. Like they talk about, you know, um, they talked about in, the, in the, or she talked about in the article um, how women basically, like for generations have stayed with men who like had whole other families across the tracks, you know? Um, and you had this one little issue based on honestly a dissatisfaction that began by something that you did and you can't even stop and think, okay, maybe, you know, maybe I need to evaluate me. Maybe I need to fix something in me, but no, I'm gonna go in the easier grass on the other side that, um, is quote unquote supporting me, but let you lay up on her couch for a while and see how long that support lasts. Why y'all had? Why y'all hating on the bank teller? Why the bank teller can't get no love? I'm just saying it's easy <laughs> to support somebody when they it ain't it ain't your bills they're supposed to be paying. 
Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. anyway, so um, I saw a lot of that people. Why he gonna be with the bank teller? <laughs> I mean, just seriously though. So, and that's a whole other thing. You have a woman who is like doing something driven, you know, making something of her life, and and honestly, you know, for all intents and purposes, she's supporting you. Mm-hmm. But you want to go with the bank teller, okay? Cool. And I see, and I see. She actually pointed that out in the article too, where where she says guys don't really deal with being hurt. No. That, um, that's the biggest thing so like he got hurt and he moved on instead of saying let's st- let's sit here and evaluate this and maybe go to counseling or whatever and and that's what the whole premise of the book men don't heal we hoe is about yep, it's about how men right. ba- basically what happens when men break up with women so so we break up with, with Susie on tuesday mm-hmm. uh, uh on wednesday we out with susan i mean uh with uh with katie and then 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 thursday is demetria then friday is tamra and then after that is lamisha whatever and it's because we don't know how to heal. Additionally, like she pointed out in the article, we don't really have a platform to heal. You know, we don't we don't discuss these things. We don't yep. talk about yep. you know like I, I I've just recently had and I've been doing relationship coaching for, you know, ten years now, but I just recently had a close friend call me and, and, and be vulnerable, like, yo, my girl left and I'm hurt. And and mm-hmm. normally it's me having to reach and pull that out yeah. of them. Because she you know, actually made the point that, you know, when men are hurt, they, you know, go to the strip club and surround themselves with their friends who are also hurt in some way, shape or form and just reduce women to being objects. And, you know, and they're not made to be like they used to, you know, they make they don't make them like they used to. And, yep. you know, whatever, whatnot, when the reality is there is issues on both sides that need to be resolved. Yep. And so, um, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just, I wish we would be more comfortable with talking. Um, I actually had another conversation with, a, with I was like three or four single men that were all over 40 mm-hmm. and all of them had different relationship issues that we were talking about mm-hmm. and all of them were, man, I forgot I got to call one of them back actually. <laughs> focus, focus. It's been like three weeks I was supposed to call him. Oh wow, and, really? Uh, he's, yeah, he's struggling too. Um, and, and, um, it was just, it was just trying to communicate see the other thing is not only do we not have the platform uh honestly you know we haven't even seen men work through problems and issues we haven't seen men you know say i'm going to fight for my relationship i'm going to fight for my marriage yeah so that was a whole nother point that she made in the article like men don't put forth the effort that is needed into cultivating their their relationship and um, she pointed out one instance where somebody had gone from a bad rela- or a relationship that needed some work and cultivation, and he went on and met somebody new and became the perfect boyfriend to the new chick. Like, why you couldn't have been the perfect boyfriend to me? Yeah, I've seen that a million times too. Um, I always advi- advise women of that, that especially strong women like yourself, like my wife. Y'all put so much work and energy into crafting us into the man that is marriageable. Mm-hmm. But then when we leave. We ready to get married now, right. you know, and you left. And, and the I always next tell women, benefits. and the next chick's benefit. And I always tell women that that's why you have to leave earlier. My rule for women is mm. to date more yeah. and to leave earlier. And women stay too long, yep. and you keep investing in this man, and you've invested in him so much that he's about to return on his investment, and then you get tired of it and you leave. Whereas I say that you have to leave earlier. So you leave, when you leave, and the reason why I say leave earlier is because you want to leave before you build resentment. Because if you build resentment, you're gonna leave in an ugly way. You're gonna cuss him out. You're gonna talk about his mama who you never liked, and then he can't take you back after that when he's ready to actually get married. Yeah. Well, 
the one point um, that, or, or the last point I think that really um, struck me was that um, she talks about like all the comments that we hear, especially as black women talking about Barack and Michelle and how Michelle, you know, built a man and uh, women today don't want to build a man. And um, the, the problem is that that sometimes tends to backfire on us. So just like you said, we will stay in this relationship for an extended period of time. We will build this man. And she specifically gives the example of Tori Hart. You know, you build this man, he gets all this fame and fortune and he's, you know, now he's big man on campus and he done with you and you're left behind. Yeah, that's disappointing. I, I, I don't. And it's about what you value, too. Like, I value and look forward to saying to people I've been married for 50 years. You right. Know, that, that's I, I, I you know what it's because i got over the uh the the collection of women or uh, or collecting women as an accomplishment like i mm-hmm. start figuring out that basically anybody can collect women uh for any number of reasons number one you got money number two you could just be tall and light-skinned number three you know what i mean you could just have a nice car and collect yeah. women so it's not necessarily I, I can't pat myself i learned i can't pat myself on the back anymore for something that anybody can i mean we see fat ugly dudes all the time with bad chicks just because they got money <laughs> But I think, I think it's a little bit, um, like, I don't think that they realize that it's about collecting women. I think in their minds, they honestly just feel like this is too hard. This is too much. And yeah, sometimes it it, it is work. It, It definitely is work to stay with somebody for 50 years. Um, and so they get to feeling themselves, you know, I'm Kevin Hart or I'm, you know, whoever, and I don't have to put up with this. And no, you don't, because some chick will do whatever you want her to do just so she can get to your money. I would probably, I would love to read Tori Hart's story. You know, she'll never tell the 100% truth because right. Kevin does take care of her. Right. And he does, he does, you know, fess up, you know, to this whole uh, scenario of him being with her and her getting him through. He, you know, he's acknowledged her yes. a, a number of but times. But she flat out said know, the other he, chick, you know, ruined her marriage. Right. You know, and and so I I would love to to read that, but it'll never come out. Well, it's good yeah. that they have a good relationship, though. Yeah. I, it, it's better that way. Yeah. Anyway, politics. Oh, politics. Oh, oh. You know what? I got some interesting politic talk for you today. So the new thing that people been doing is coming out and say we got to give Donald Trump a chance, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You know, like he may govern and blah 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 and all that, right? Right. Okay, so he's been announcing <clears throat> his uh his cabinet. Mm-hmm. And so I was going through and looking at everyone that is on his cabinet right now. I just want to first thing I noticed was, and I read this in an article. Um, I read this article on BBC.com. It was a BBC UK. The, Donald Trump's cabinet treasury nominee is net worth 46 million. Uh, <laughs> Health and human services nominee net worth 13.6 million. Uh, commerce nominee 2.5 billion. Education nominee 5.1 billion. I mean, like just everyone in his cabinet, they say there's the richest cabinet ever assembled. Uh, HUD nominee, 26 million. Uh, Attorney General, 7.5 million. And then I wanted to just, just break down some of these. Like when they say, you know, um, give him a chance, right? Well, it's, you, you can't give him a chance because you should know how he's going to govern now based on who he puts in his cabinet, the people that are going to be advising him. His chief strategist is a racist. Mm-hmm. He's been proven that he's a racist. Uh, his chief strategist is... Um, what was that guy's name? Bannon. Uh, Steve Bannon. Yeah, yep. he's been proven to be a racist. He was the the, the editor for uh, the Guardian. I won't, but no, no, don't take the Guardian out. It wasn't Bart. the Guardian. 
Breitbart, right. So he's been proven to be a racist. His attorney general proven to be a racist. Um, the secretary of health and human services with this person, their whole life has been about privatizing Medicare and Medicaid. Mm-hmm. And you're going to put them in charge of health and human services? Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's ridiculous. Because, I okay. mean, that's, that, that's the whole direction everything is going, the privatization of everything, because that's where the money is. Right. And, 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 and then same thing with um, the secretary of education. She's been trying to privatize and make charter schools and all those types of things. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's educate people on why privatization is bad. Okay, so when you privatization in health, what happens is you get, say, $5,000 to you know, use for your health. Well, what if your bill is $10,000? Yep. And so now you need to come up with another 5000 on your own. And, of course, if you need $10,000, that means something probably happened in your life that was not your fault. Like you genetically have some type of disease. Or, or yeah. Can't, you know, it wasn't your fault. Right. You know, and now you're in the hole. Right. You know what I mean? So so we can't privatize health care. The other thing they do, too, is now they're able to divide and conquer when you privatize it because now everyone is for themselves. Now you got yep. your 5000 you got your 5000 yep. you got your 5000 Same thing with education when you have these charter schools and things like that what happens is they want they want to give everyone uh, a, a voucher that they can you know and the voucher is going to have a worth on it like this voucher is worth five thousand dollars and you can go to whatever school you want but then what will happen is they will raise the prices of schools mm-hmm. to where your five thousand dollars can't get you into that school right and so this will also divide and conquer start separating people basically it takes us back to we've Jim already, Crow yeah we've already been moving in that direction I mean there's already a huge disparity in education um, across uh, socioeconomic and racial lines in this country so it's already there they're just pushing it to the next level so um, you know at least now there's some opportunity for kids to move around to other locations or there are some good schools out there but um, it's going to be the haves and the have nots if we just keep going that's just the only option and if you have not sorry for you and to go into that a little bit more the the issue with uh, education is that uh, education, schools, uh, districts are based on the income from the property taxes exactly. from the dis- from the district. Exactly. So if there's no jobs in your district, there's no there's not a lot of residential value. A lot of people don't live there, they don't move there, they don't have turnover in their already, housing neighborhoods. Yeah, you already see it in um, high income neighborhoods. They refuse to allow apartment complexes because that is um, you know lower income or in general, that's, that's the in assumption general. that mm-hmm. it's lower income families. Um, so, you know, if you don't have these high, um, high dollar houses with these high dollar taxes to pay, you know, the uh, school districts, they don't want you in their neighborhood. So then, of course, the more expensive neighborhoods have way better schools than the, the less expensive neighborhoods. And then the more expensive neighborhoods, they educate their students, their kids better. Their kids they basically. Have more resources. They have more resources. It's, it's basically cyclical. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it just continues to happen. And the people that are raised in the poor neighborhoods, they're not educated, you know, at the level they, they need to be out. educated. And they can't move out and they can't make money. And the district continues to struggle because they don't have the property tax revenue. Yep. Right. And so then I looked at the Secretary of Transportation. Right. So just named today Secretary of Transportation. She used to be the Secretary of Labor. Right. Mm-hmm. So as Secretary of Labor, 
as as secretary as what these secretary of labor means basically you watch labor mm-hmm. like you you watch what's happening in the world with with labor um the 40 hour work week if people are getting paid overtime you know you watch all those types of things they did not when she was secretary of labor for 4 years she did not introduce any new labor regulations not one for 4 no. years so then when you take her and you make her the secretary of transportation What's going to happen there, right? Then it makes you think about the Republicans are all about cutting regulations, right? So now what's going to happen in transportation, they're going to find ways to cut regulations. So things like the truck drivers being worked overtime and thing, and not being paid or, you know, how, how, how often they can drive a truck. You know, there's all kind of regulations on you have to drive for eight hours and sleep for eight hours or something like that or whatever. Look for all that stuff to change. Mm-hmm. What else I was looking at? Um, Secretary of State. Secretary of State is the former CIA director who had a lot more to do with Benghazi than Hillary Clinton did. <laughs> but nobody's going to bring that up. No one's going to bring that up. He was way, he was a secretary, yeah. he's a CIA director. He was way, he had CIA people there. He was on the phone. He is directly involved in what happened yeah. with Benghazi. He was reporting to Hillary Clinton, but he can be Secretary of State now, the job that she said they saying that she failed at doing. <laughs> Yeah, the hypocrisy is just, uh, there are no words. And really, the last one that I want to talk about, Secretary of Treasury. All this stuff about Donald Trump hating Wall Street, the bankers hate him, he don't care about Wall Street, he's for the people and all that. The Secretary of Treasury is a billionaire. And used to work for Goldman Sachs. Used to work for Goldman Sachs for 20 years. Yep. And he was a person that, um, he basically was a person who started my understanding is he was a person that started like the reverse mortgages and was really a part of the, the biggest part of the infrastructure for mortgages that collapsed in 2009. Yep. It's crazy. And so I'm like, if you look at his cabinet, pay attention. People need to pay attention. So we just trying to give, we're going to try to give him a look, give people a little bit of information when y'all come and listen to our podcast. Cause these are things that Tamara and I, actually read we go read we don't just be on facebook and instagram getting fed information right. we go seek out information like i went and, i went and look i went i just googled trump's cabinet and i reviewed every single one of them i'm interested in all that kind of stuff and all of us should be man and, and one yes. day we're gonna look up and it's gonna be too late right because this is real life this is the way the world is going Divorce Not Option Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. We need you to subscribe and follow the podcast. Just go to wherever you listen to podcasts. We prefer you go to Spreaker Radio. Create a, create a free account. Look for Divorce Not Option. Subscribe, follow. And every week, what would happen is you would automatically update it. The app in your phone would get a feed and you'd be a notification that a new podcast, a new episode has been completed. So do that. We're also available on iTunes on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on Google Play, um, Stitcher Radio, just everywhere that there's podcasting, you will find our podcast, Divorce is Not an Option, Tamara Gillespie, Stephen James Dixon. Any any closing remarks? Just peace out, y'all. See you next week. Holla. Wait, I, I didn't like how I said holla. It was kind of... <laughs> you got to let that go. I might take that back. Oh, uh, yeah, holla. Bye. Fellas, fellas.